Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. I'm a huge fan of Danuka McKenzie's thrillers. I don't like gory. I don't like a high body count. I don't really like to be petrified, but I do enjoy the puzzle and the challenge and the mystery. So I really find the police procedurals perfect, I think. (laughs) And so... I'm completely excited to be talking with Danuka today. She's quite local to me, so I do feel like we go way back, and I really love her. Loved the opportunity to speak with her. Cannot wait to talk to her more about Kate and the trajectory of Taken in general, and gosh, everything. I just I love this book. I thought that it was a great sequel to The Tyrant. I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah, I'm a huge Danuka McKenzie fan. I'm stoked to be talking with her today. And can't wait to get stuck into it. Thank you very much. This is a real treat. Such an honour. I wanted to know, are we going to know more about Kate? Because I love her. It meant a lot, like about, I guess, the amount of reaction I've had to her and how many people have messaged me and all the gorgeous social media club that Kate has got, like, in particular, because I don't know, so many people seem to just really connect with her and they really see, I guess, a version of themselves or, like, their mother. mother who's struggling with mother guilt. Like, there's a lot to connect with with Kate. She's just, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and I think as a character, for most of us, and this is not to say that it's not changing, but certainly for most of us, in this particular genre of writing, you know, in crime fiction and in detective fiction, we don't normally see the working mother as the main character. And if we do, certainly that kind of parenthood is kind of like more off the page. It's not like front and centre and really integrated into the story. So I think that's why they really connect to Kate and her experience, you know, as a working mother, working while pregnant in the, in the torrent and now in Taken coming back to work with a new bub after maternity leave and, and kind of struggling with those pressures, they kind of connect to her in a really visceral way. Like even though every single experience is not familiar, they connect with enough of those experiences to go, yeah, I remember what that was like or I'm going through that right now or, yep, I get it or, you know, <laughs> I think there's a lot of sympathy and empathy with her. So, yeah, it's been really amazing how many people have really connected to her as a character, which has been incredible as a writer just to yeah. kind of have that. Well, I wasn't expecting it because I'm neither a mother nor do I work in the police force, but I really, really, really love Kate and I can't believe how excited I was to see her back again you like seeing old friends again and seeing what they're up to and all of that also to see more of her and to really get to know her as well was just lovely yeah so I want a whole series 
Yeah, absolutely. Because I think with setting aside the motherhood aspect, I think what we generally as women we're used to is that that experience of kind of juggling multiple hats. You still absolutely connect with the experience of juggling like multiple different hats. You're constantly kind of thinking like while you're doing one thing, you're also going, okay, but I got this and I got to think of that. And then yeah, I got to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you've got, yeah. and you've got, I think like multiple calendars working in your head. You've got your calendar, you've got family calendar, like all the birthdays and whatever special yeah. events coming up. <laughs> like if you do have kids, you've got the kids' school calendar, like, oh, what's the note? And, the, and I've got to pay for the canteen and the, the thing and the thing. you've got all those different calendars working and then you've got your social calendar like all that right so I think the experience of just juggling multiple balls constantly in the air and feeling that feeling of being stretched always and expectations on all sides I think that is a very familiar feeling and also guilt not being the perfect daughter not being the perfect partner not being the perfect or doing something that doesn't quite reach your own expectation or what you hoped you could do and then you're like oh and then you feel terrible guilt and and that's an expectation you placed on yourself rather than necessarily an external pressure so yeah. it's all of that and I think that's why Kate really connects with people in that way and but I also just think that she's just a remarkably drawn character we can see all aspects of her we know exactly her motivations at every step along the way I just think you've done a great job of, oh, of thank you, Nana. introducing Kate to us absolutely made it more than believable and I know her so well now and it was although oh, it was so hard. honestly that is such a huge compliment because for me you know I'm such a kind of fan and I'm such a series fan as well so I I remember all my uni years and just commuting on the train and just being inside a book you know and always returning to those same characters and seeing what they're gonna do now and coming back to that world and, and looking forward to coming back to that world and like that is a huge compliment to be able to do that or create that magic for other readers because that's what writers for years have been doing for me so that feels like quite magical to be able to do that for other people or at least when people say that they're that is what these books are giving them so yeah so as I said yes yeah, so therefore you know hopefully I'll be able to recreate that magic in book three the next book is of her sleeping for 80,000 words I'm completely there for that yeah and it's not just Kate as well it's also people like Gray it was great to see his development it was also nice to see oh her husband her colleagues that's such a nice book to check in with but the setting to Nuka McKenzie oh my goodness no it wasn't weather-wise as pronounced as the torrent thank goodness it's so rugged I can see it I can smell it I can feel it you've got such a gift with the settings oh thank you for saying that because honestly I find setting quite hard to do well let's say it doesn't come naturally that's something oh, no, I really sure. have to work on because it's not something that comes naturally so I was talking this at the rule actually at the thrill event because I really do have to work at it and usually the thing that I feel like my natural place that I enjoy writing is being either inside the character's head or in dialogue and so the, all the other stuff in terms of setting the scene and going okay now we're in this location that I really have to work hard on that because that really doesn't come naturally it's not something I find easy to write about because I often get confused about heights and distances I'm not very spatially aware I find that quite hard 
And so I'm constantly reading books out to my husband going, does that sound right? This 10 meters, right? Does that sound, when you see a car at 10 meters, I don't know. It's so funny. Um, it was at the end when I started doing up my, you know, my summary note, because absolutely it'd be a Wandering Women book for sure. They will love oh, it. Yeah. But, and then I was like, I knew so much about the setting and I don't even, like, I certainly hadn't highlighted anything. I was just astounded by how much I had picked up without even being completely oh. aware. Like I was completely in the place was oh wow well I mean certainly in this particular book so in the time I was very much in Essendon so it's very much fictional town and all of the action was inside of Essendon whereas in this you are going into real places so she moves away from Essendon and there are scenes set in real towns and in real places but then there's also a lot of made-up stuff so it's like you're making up stuff and then you're connecting it out into actual towns and places that are there and certain scenes are placed there and I guess it's for the readers to work out which is which but it's that connection to make sure that stitching feels like the fake place is still stitched yeah, into the place if you know what I mean you know certain references to real places so then it feels like okay it's a cohesive it's connected to other towns and in that particular locality so but at the same time in, in the places which were real places I made sure to visit there and make sure I got those details right but then within the fictional part of it I had the flexibility to create whatever landscapes I wanted in the context I mean obviously yes, you know yeah, correct yeah. to the region but still and I think weaving it a little bit more into the actual landscapes oh well I just I really enjoyed it I'm not that familiar at all with tweed heads it felt I was just there so good yeah it's a hard one to talk about without spoiling because obviously it's only just come out so there's no spoilers yeah but in terms of well I guess we've already spoken a little bit about it but the mother guilt that Kate feels and various other characters too I think it's incredible like you talk about another stone to add to her heaving pile and she's never in the right place she's never doing the right thing she's constantly behind poor Kate oh yeah she really can't win in this one I haven't been particularly nice to Kate in this one but at the same time I didn't want to take away from that experience that first year and those first few weeks and first few months are so hard because you just it's layer on top of layer on top of layer on top of layer so you're exhausted you're hormonal you know you've got chemicals going everywhere there's like you have all those expectations around you particularly if you're trying to go back to work so you've got the expectations of work you've got the expectations of family and there's resentment those few months yeah. feel like a pressure cooker and anyone who's been through that then you go yeah I remember that time where it always felt like oh you know and pressure and I guess for Kate that's the central tension in her character so she's really good at this job she's worked really hard for this job and she's very good at it but it's also the thing that brings her in conflict with her family and actually sometimes physically and mentally puts her in danger and therefore has a cost on her family so that's the central push and pull of Kate as a character because if I got into trouble I would want Kate by my side for a professional to be completely dedicated to their job and just give it their all that means someone else is behind the scenes looking after all the other stuff right because when we're in trouble medically we want the doctor who's fully dedicated there and be there for us 
hell or high water and he's not going to go, oh, actually, I'm going to go home now because, you know, I'm going to... I'm lunch break in five, so I think... Exactly, exactly. And or even for them to go, middle emergency, but actually my kids' assembly is on now, I'm going to go, right? They're parents and they're always making those decisions and there's always a compromise because you can never be there for everybody 100% of the time and there's always a compromise. But that's the thing, right? We want it all. Like when we're in trouble, we want those people are dedicated, but at the same time, they presumably also have families. They presumably also have other responsibilities that they are juggling and there are compromises being made all of the time in all of those decision making which I think is reality like I don't have an answer to that question I'm not holding hate up as some kind of this is the solution to all your problems no nor are you holding her up as something not to do either she loves her job she's very good at her job yes I think you're just highlighting the struggle exactly and it's the reality and she makes bad calls I reckon Mm. she does makes a bad call the reader sees that but it's also you see in the bad course that she makes that you go oh these are some of the compromises i have to make i mean you know hers is obviously like i'm writing commercial crime fiction so obviously her bad calls are in the context of like a tense crime novel whereas we might make that over a number of years you know where we have to kind of make certain calls about which we prioritize work or family or whatever and then you know years later we might go oh I could probably done that better and whatever right but you recognize that tension in Kate because that is essentially a tension that all of us are dealing with as parents and as working and kind of juggling work and family when does that happen when do you finally become a functional adult (laughs) oh my goodness and she is really good at her job so there is a bit that talks about that special bit of energy that she gets from the investigation she loves the puzzle and this was what she was born to do yeah exactly and I think you know every job has its difficulties but there are people who are just genuinely passionate about that part of their job right and so they are drawn to it in that way so Kate as a single person it would have been awesome because she could just do her job and she could dedicate that but now she's responsible for other people and she's responsible for their welfare in the sense that they worry about her they worry about the fact the kind of decision she makes and because she's always proven herself or prove that she's meant to be there she demonstrate that yeah that this is where she should be And so that's that conflict and tension all the time. So, yeah. So well done. Thank you very much. You won the Banjo Prize for HarperCollins Award in 2020. That's right, yeah. And then you've just had a stellar career ever since. Crime was always going to be your focus. I mean, I think crime in the sense of sort of always suspense and crime, I think will always be the ingredients of anything I write. You know, whether it'll always be a police procedural is a different story. But I think those ideas around secrets and lies and what are people hiding behind their masks? What's the, even if it's not like a lock room puzzle type thing, but still kind of what are those kind of secrets and, and tensions bubbling under the surface? I think that kind of stuff will always be in my writing. Yeah. yeah. I think you've got a lovely style for the mystery and the thrill. It's just, imagine yeah. if you won, you were in for lots of prizes, I think, in 2019, and I didn't know which one you were going to win. And I was surprised that you won with such a thriller. I probably had that preconceived idea of somebody who is so lovely got scary books maybe you know every single crime writer I know is what the loveliest people on earth you all are yeah absolutely we just leech the poison onto the page yeah we take that out on the the fictional people yeah (laughs) 
obviously is a strategy that works yeah, yeah, yeah. smiling assassins isn't that what they exactly. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> well at this stage I'm writing the third of Kate there's a storyline in my head that I really want to resolve and I just had this idea around the torrent was very much setting out the chess pieces and then Taken was very much resolve her relationship with her dad a bit more and then the third one was I just feel like I need to do something with Luke so her brother yeah, and yeah. kind of resolve yeah. that relationship so it's the kind of storyline I really want to resolve in my own head so that's what I'm working on at the moment so yeah I'm in an incredible kind of banjo prize kind of allowed me this opportunity to really kind of take writing seriously and kind of really make it my focus and I'm so very privileged position now that I'm essentially that's what I'm doing full-time I'm in a very lucky position that I don't really have to go back to the environment side even though I hang on to my sole trader contractor thing <laughs> as like a little lifeline I have like oh, you know I can always feel like you have to hang on to these little lifelines so I still have that but to be perfectly honest I have not done that for a while now is there any way to talk about domestic violence yeah I'm happy to I mean certainly so there is a story in mine involving domestic violence in the book I wanted to really engage with that because it's so prevalent Mm. And I think it's this thing of whilst we're getting way better at, I think, pulling it out or certainly noticing it, there's still a long way to go in terms of us as society kind of dealing with that issue and really recognising how much of this stuff, coercive control and intimate partner violence goes on behind closed doors and how it's all our responsibility to be a bit more aware of that, to be more on the ball and more persistent in, I guess, the way we support people and the way we kind of call it out and the way we really look you know rather than yeah yeah, and that like well that's someone else's business up and I think that's so ingrained into us as well through years of conditioning of not to be in someone else's business that it is actively trying to break down our own behaviors and the way we look at the world and the way we kind of respond to friends and family and go well oh that person seems so nice that but that's the whole point the thing is that but we have no idea really like the person who's making us the coffee the person we're meeting at school pick up you know they all seem really nice because we're all capable of wearing that mask but we don't know what happens when all of us go home and who is safe at home and who isn't because that's the stats so terrifying yeah yeah. That's right. So for many children and women, home is actually the most unsafe place for them. So I just wanted to engage with that topic in this book, look at it in various ways and see how that can impact on people. And also, I just want to engage around the idea that, and this is something that came out of, I guess, speaking to a friend about this idea, you know, that one person you meet in your life can kind of shift the trajectory of your life, either in a good way or a bad way. Yeah. And I think there's a character taken where first kind of serious relationship she has you know pushes her life in a certain direction and that could so easily have gone the other way now sometimes we forget that that is so accidental do you know what I mean like that is luck yes when you're first going on a date or whatever they all seem charming I think um that incidental accidental meeting of people is just incredible it sets you down a certain path and then that trajectory will have a impact on your future relationships and all kinds of things so yeah I was just interested in this idea of that first person how much power they hold really on either yeah taking your life in a positive way or yeah like kind of pushing it sideways type thing so yeah 
Well, I just think that Taken just did such a good job at just not even resolving these issues or spelling out any answers for anything, but just in your head as part of the conversation that you have with yourself through the day. I think this was a great novel. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Anna. You're so lovely. Thank you. So good. And so what are you reading at the moment? Anything good? Have you got any time for any books? Oh, well, actually, so just a couple of weeks ago, but I've been so behind on my reviews. Anyway, the lovely Kylie Orr's Someone Else's child i read yeah that was it really was one of those books where i just fell straight into the story and she writes the characters so well but they're so whip smart the dialogue is so funny there's some genuinely funny moments but she's dealing with some very serious issues and i thought what she did around the idea of the power structures between friendships i've never really seen that done before she did that really well i really enjoyed that book that was a book that i was I think I read it in like two days and you just want to get back to that book all the time. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, that was really fun. Excellent. Congratulations on so many events. You're everywhere. So you were in Canberra on the weekend. You are going to Brisbane very soon. You were in Thoreau. You were in Newtown. You're just doing it all. Yeah, I've been incredibly lucky with events and so it's really exciting. On the 17th of February, going to the fabulous occasional wine bar. That's going to be very fun. Um, I've heard such good things about it. So really looking forward to that. That's this Friday, so Friday the 17th. And then next month, we have a couple of fabulous Brisbane events at so the Gold Coast for International Women's Day, which will be with the amazing Holly Wainwright and Dami Im, which I'm like, wow, I'm so excited about. And then the following day, Thursday, I will be at avid reader in Brisbane so really looking forward to that the fabulous Cass Moriarty who's just she's just yeah she's such a great supporter of Australian writers and and she has absolutely helped me out in my own writing path with manuscript reviews and all the rest so she's amazing can't wait to chat to her so yeah so it's been yeah it's been really good actually well congratulations again I mean I'd love to hear from readers if you've read it just hear any feedback you have it's really surreal to be hearing from people who have really enjoyed your work like that I think it's yeah honestly it is one of the nicest things one lady who messaged me on the torrent she said something along the lines of haven't read a book since school and now I'm a mom and picked up your book and it's made me start reading again I was like wow job done those kind of messages are quite amazing and you never expect that when you're writing like just yeah, in your own head yeah yeah and it really means a lot for your words to kind of hit people in that way so that really appreciated I get so much enjoyment out of reading that I will never not be a reader and to be able to give that to somebody yeah I get it back in spades you're never doing it in a vacuum you know I got so much out of being in this community get exposed to so many great writing and great writers who I can learn from and, and hopefully get better from so what a community yeah exactly oh no that's wonderful excellent well thank Thank you so much, Danica. I cannot wait to see what the future holds for you. I can't wait for number three. I can't wait for the whole series, actually, because I'm sure it's not going to end at three. <laughs> She'll see, you, Anna. Can't appreciate it more. I can't believe that I got to speak to you so quickly as well. I didn't think I'd get on to you for months yet. So it's been. Oh, such no. Thank amazing. you, Anna. Just always love chatting to you. And this has been amazing as per usual. Thank you oh, so much. 
Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there. And that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free. And I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.